Hello. Hey, Marilyn. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Ooh, freaking out a little bit. What's going on? What happened? Well, I went and I looked at the Twitter machine. Uh huh. And uh, I was on the website because I'm a monster. Yes. And uh, go look at the Twitter, and you can see uh, that the, the, one of the top trending things on the trender. Okay. Pound sign back to work. Oh, look at that. That's all about the show. Yes. Right Thir- now, right now. 32,000 30, tweets about the show. People are very, very excited about our program, Dan. This is going to mean something, I think, for our this future is here. This huge, as a, as a, and it's finally going to help us out. 38,000, Merlin. 38.3, my friend. Oh, my God. We're going to finally take a piece out of that Bill Clinton character with this, with this <laughs> yeah. goddamn book. I know. I'm sick of it. Sick you know of it. He screwed, up, he screwed up right when our show was really catching on fire. We've done way more than three episodes. <laughs> That dingling puts out a book called Back to Work. Give me a break. Do your research, sir. Uh, well, the lawyers, the lawyers are still working on our on our case, so we'll we'll see if we get anywhere. Oh gosh, it's a very litigious society we live in, Dan. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We have some very exciting follow up. Oh yeah, I saw some of that come through the pipeline. Oh my God. This is the this is the kind of content that makes people love pound sign back to work. Um, <laughs> that should be the I think that has to be the title. Should we change the name of the show to pound sign back to work? Yes. Hashtag. <laughs> oh God. Um, okay. So digga digga follow up. Uh, this is from uh, this is from uh, uh, pound sign back to work listener Sarah Le, Le Marie. Sarah Le Marie. Uh, she says at, at, at my name. I'm talking a lot about Twitter today. This is very strange. She says, that my name. Um, Back to work made it into the bug report on the Mr. Robot problem. <laughs> and it's fixed. Maybe you heard already, catching up on B2 Dubs. Yeah, I heard you talking about it. How about that? Yeah, I think that's wonderful news. Fantastic news. Oh, I'm very curious at this point. Now yeah, well, how said, did it get in there? Well, I went onto the open radar. I didn't see anything there. Uh, maybe it's an internal thing. And I said, fascinating. Was there an open radar for this? And she says, I don't know. I don't want to get her in trouble here. I just know some Apple types, and I relayed the podcast saga to make sure they definitely knew about it. How about that? I love it. I mean, we have very, very supportive listeners. I don't think there's any other show well, that has crazy. as many tweets about it as of today and as many supportive we listeners. Used we used to have a lot more listeners before we started talking about the comics and the in-jokes and the markdown. Well, well, I think the markdown do? was always part of it. I th- I don't know when the first markdown conversation was, but I feel like that was very early on. Yeah, markdown is the saltpeter of uh, podcast topics. I think the first comic discussion was maybe in an after dark where we were. I was telling you about. I feel like you had you were returning to comics at the time. I was probably giving you some stick about your uh, your Samurai Rabbit comic and everything. Yeah, and or I was Spider-Man's. T- and you were asking what was going on with Wolverine at the time, and he had gone feral or oh, something like that. I first got into it, and you were telling me about a character that I didn't expect to become uh, a big bad guy. He's a big metal man from Russia. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you broke my heart. Yeah. Um. Well, I just wanted to say to uh, to listener Sarah, thank you for telling us about that. I'm very excited. I mean, I don't wallow in minor pseudo celebrity in <laughs> right. nearly, with nearly the same gusto that I used to. Yeah, but that made me kind of happy. Hey, these guys bitched about it. We better fix it. How's, how cool is that? Yeah, I mean, we you know when we're helping people, I, I like saw a lot proof. of people with that problem too. So it yeah, matters. I saw, uh, yeah, 
Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they'll fix Apple ID. Oh, what's oh what's going on with that now? Oh, God. It's such a thistle. Oh, uh, pause for a second. Hold yes. that thought. I have an Apple question for you. Dig it, dig it. Okay. My wife mm-hmm. recently turned on the thing that puts all of your iPhone, that all of your photos into iCloud. Yeah, the, iCloud Photo Library. That thing. She turned that on. <laughs> no, there's. <laughs> put it on the charging stand. <laughs> there's no. Th- well, she did it a, like a week ago. Oh, gosh. But there's no indication. How do I know? How do I tell? How do I make her feel better about that, that it actually happened because nothing seems to have happened. We flipped a little switch. Nothing has happened. Like there isn't a notification Whoa. that says, congratulations, 500 video, uh, images have been uploaded. None, none of that actually happened. It just is like, okay, you turned it on. I can tell you what I do when I feel the demon dogs. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. So <laughs> That's uh, a David Bowie up? song, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I the demon dogs. <laughs> 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 Visions of swastikas in my head. That's like um, New Bowie. New Bowie. That <laughs> is New Bowie. You're yeah. right. That's actually an Iggy Pop song. Turns out. <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell you. <laughs> Wait a minute. Follow up inside the follow up. You ready for this? Yeah. Uh, 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 guess what I got? <laughs> a mute switch. Hardware mute switch. Nice. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> How cool is that? It's great. I got the rolls made in USA MS one 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 mic switch. Ah. Uh, 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 I've officially arrived. I will put that in the show notes. The rolls, which one? MS one one one. No, that's not MS thirteen. That's not the gang that we're getting rid of with Trump. It's uh, it's the mic switch rolls, and it's you know it's clunky. It looks kind of like a t- like a um, yes. a miniature rat pedal, and it's got an XLR in, XLR out. It's not the most. I've used this solution. one. The the um, hold on. What's the one I have here? It's called the short stop. Grace, the short Grace. stop is the one I have short here. Stop. Short stop. Uh, to look into that. I'll see if it's it's a little bit. Um, I'm putting it into the show notes right now, so you can reload and see that. That's the one that I use. It's rugged, and I have stomped on these things for I don't know, ten years you now. You keep it on the floor? Oh yeah, of course. Oh, I should do that. That's such a good idea. Well, it's what it's for. Oh, yours really looks on. like a rat pedal. Yeah, <sighs> it really does. Oh, I love my rat pedal. Oh. Um, uh, pop in the stack. Uh, okay, so, oh boy, I was hoping this would give you some comfort. It is giving me zero comfort. So what you do is you go. In my case, I've opened up the Photos app on my iOS device. And I think at the bottom of most, I'm at the, I'm on the collections page. It just it doesn't really matter, yeah. I guess. Go to, how do you get to just generic photos? Um, so I go to albums. I go to all. Scroll all the way to the bottom. Okay. And on mine it says... Um, certain number of photos, certain number of videos. If you open up photos on your Macintosh device, it'll also say how many photos, how many videos. Okay. My numbers are about a thousand off on photos. So I'm not (laughs) sure this is going to make her feel that much better. (laughs) Yeah. But no, I I suspect that has to do with, well, I mean, here, let's be sensible about this. Um, the number of photos on my Mac is, uh, about 800 higher than mm-hmm. on my phone. Mm. But that makes sense because I guess, because I, I cl- part of the, the value proposition of using photo library is it takes stuff off your phone right. when it needs to. But I've got a lot of space on my phone. So it's not surprising that there's a lot of um, photos on here. Uh, I, you know, but, but you're getting to a, a, a bigger point. 
you know, Jason Snell does his um, annual Apple report card where he invites lots of people to go in and like give their opinions on how did Apple do with this one to five? Do you have a comment? How right, did Apple right. do with this one to five? Et cetera, et cetera. I filled that out this morning and I was such a gloomy Gus. <laughs> really? When you look at it all I, on paper in front of well, you? Well, when you ask me about it and you say, you know, how do you feel about, you know, Apple Watch? And I'm like, you know, I really like this Series 3 watch, but there's a lot that drives me crazy about it. There's a lot about it that still feels – there's some things that work flawlessly and always have that have benefited from the beefier uh, guts. There's a lot of stuff that's just kind of like you just wait and it kind of works. There's other stuff that just feels unfinished. There's other other stuff that feels like it's bugs even Apple doesn't know about. Where I've had to like talk to AT&T about why it is that my watch rings when it's on the stand and bypassing all of my spam filtering stuff. Right, it should turns, not do that. Well, it turns out, according to the very nice person at AT&T, who was very smart, that that's because, I think I discussed this here, that's because it is getting to the watch without having to go through the phone. Mm. Ergo, it's not benefiting from that filtering stuff. But it still drives me crazy to be charging my watch in here and see the neighborhood spoofing thing, which... Uh, actually, we have a question this week about iOS and spam, uh, phone spam that I'd like to get to. But um, to, to your point here, like I think the thing where I summed it up in, in saying this to Jason is how do you feel in general about reliability? It's the same thing I've been saying uh, probably for three, four years now, which is that like a lot of stuff just works flawlessly and you don't notice that it's working flawlessly because it's working flawlessly. But I still have mysterious things that don't work for some reason, and I don't know what caused it, and I don't know how to fix it. And that, that makes me feel like I'm living in a medieval village because I just start turning things off and on, you know. And I mean, you know, for all the people out there who are constantly crying about, oh, you never need to quit apps. You never need to do this. You never need to do that. My daughter's iPad had, had a huge hang up trying to download a movie. And guess what? Quitting every app that was open fixed it. <laughs> quitting the one app that was hung up didn't, quitting the um, iTunes app didn't fix it. Quitting all the other apps, guess what? That fixed it. Well, so never do that except when it works. <laughs> you right. know? Yeah. There's stuff like that. There's, the Apple ID stuff is still such a mess. It's like, it's just, it's so frustrating. I don't want to go too far into this, but I feel your wife's pain on that. No, I mean, it's just, it's I, like, a, it's a mystery. It's like the whole, the whole point of it is, hey, great, we don't need to worry as much about like something happening to the phone be- or whatever because the photos yes. are all now automatically in iCloud, aren't they? Are they? How do we know? Like even just if Apple, if all Apple did was just say, this is done or something. She's got got an iPhone, a big iPad Pro and a Mac. Yes. And the Mac is sort of very good. Uh, And the Mac is being more or less phased out. And this is part of that process. Oh, right. Oh, sorry. Of your household. Um, well, I guess look, the bottom line. <laughs> right. No, the, right. Of the house. We covered She's, this already. She doesn't want to use I'm the John iMac C. Dvorak, as much. And I've never been happy. That's right. Uh, I would say go and look at the Photos app, and just as long as that number is a lot higher than the one on your iOS devices, uh, or somewhat higher, you're probably in good shape. Okay. But but no, I I know exactly what you mean. If there's any aspect of the Apple services ecosystem where it feels like there's high stakes, I mean, there's high stakes to all of them. You don't want your keychain to get compromised, but also um, you would really hope that every photo you drop into here is going to the right place and getting backed up. And to be candid, it's one reason why, and this is, this is not efficient or smart backup, but it's one reason I do Amazon Photos and Google Photos. And this is something I think I picked up from Syracuse, which is just like throw it all at these limitless services. Mm-hmm. It'll be there if I need it someday. And luckily with Google Photos, like it, it, I get great 
stuff from Google Photos. Like today, it was like your daughter's best smiles of 2017. I was like, that's creepy and cool Thank <laughs> you for doing that. That's really adorable. It's actually really cool. Um, we can find our cat, our particular cat. It's really neat. But um, but the thing, the joke I made at the beginning that that probably everybody knows about, but I'll just mention is that the first time you activate a new iOS device and turn on the photo stuff, it's going to take you a good long while for mm-hmm. everything to get synced up. And in my case, if I put my finger right underneath the camera lens, it feels like it's well over 100 degrees. It gets very hot while it's chunking on that. You know, if your phone gets hot, there must be indicate a problem. Oh, is that what it is? That's, that yes, there's some kind the, of problem. The fan's going to spin up? Is that yeah, what it is? That's right, the fans. I can hear it. I can hear it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but then there's other stuff that, like, just makes me happy. Let me see this. My family went out of town for... Do you get phases where your kid likes you or doesn't like you? Every day. Yeah, but you know what I mean, right? Yes. Like, it'll often be, like, one parent over the other. Yeah, that kind of that kind of solidified for us and that my daughter kind of likes my wife a little more and my boy likes me a little more. But, but then it know, might change one day. It they might change, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. Well, I just sent you a screenshot. My daughter was, was FaceTiming me about every half hour when she was out of town. And it was, it was kind of annoying. But it was, <laughs> That's a great photo. <laughs> but it was also kind of the best thing in the world. And I was like, that's crazy. My daughter has an iPod Touch. Right. It's like two or three years old. And usually she wants me to call her. And uh, I call her and she's, it just picks up and we're talking. And it's, it's like stuff like that is really magic is actually really dreamlike. But, um, no, it's, it's strange because, and part of it was that in this thing Jason was doing, it's difficult because you say some, something like, uh, and I, I don't think he was being silly about this, but you say like, how do you feel about Apple services? And I make this noise. Because some of Apple's services have gotten so good. Do you remember what a donkey drill it used to be to sync your contacts? Like how? Oh, yeah. Famously terrible contact syncing used to be on a Mac in particular. And you'd get, you know, I would get 14 different uh, Jason Santa, 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 Santa Maria's (laughs) and all that. (laughs) Every time it synced, I'd get another Santa in Jason's name. You can't have too many Santas. Father Christmas, as they say in the UK. Nice. But, but, but that, uh, that stuff has come so far. I mean, credit where due. The, what's the name of the service that I use? iCloud Drive. So much better. I mean, it really, there's so many apps now that have built in iCloud Drive that I utilize, yes. and it works really great. Maybe just because I'm using it less, I get fewer collisions even than I do on Dropbox. But, but, then, but then you look at something like Apple ID, and Apple ID is such a crap show. It's, mm. uh, it's so bad. But um, yeah, I feel for her, though. That's frustrating. Well, yeah, and so I'll, I'll do what you said and see. But, you know, I mean, I, I think. The other thing, and I'm glad you mentioned it, is looking at Google Photos. I know a lot of people that do it the same way you're saying, which is, you know, throw everything on there and just just let that. At least Google lets you know when everything's there. Yeah, and I mean, it's just you've got, I've got a 5K iMac and I don't feel any hit. Right, to performance with its, you know, the modest number. I'm not like a crazy person. I don't take tons of photos, but I mean, it gets updated. Everything's out there. You know, you secure it in the cloud, and you're all good to go. Um, but um, and she has what? Does she have a six? Uh six. Yeah, six. Okay, but all it's right. now become, and she's wondering if she's affected by this battery throttling thing. That's why I asked. Has she done like any? Have you done any benchmarking? Have you done like Geekbench on it? No, we haven't done anything like that. She just it is constantly saying that that it seems really really slow at all stages of battery charge i thought that it only throttled it when you got to a lower 
battery state, but I guess that's I was wrong about that. It was, you know, this is not again. We're picking on Apple, and I don't mean to, but like that as has been way over discussed on every podcast I listen to. It was really frustrating though, because for years people who like or endure Apple would say, "Oh, silly you! Why would Apple do that? That's really crazy." And then like so, but like my my lady friend on her six, it might have been on when she's on a five. But she got that thing. I had it for a while. She had it for a long time where she could pretty much know somewhere in the 30s, like 34% or so, like it would just die. Right. And you'd be like, well, something's got to be wrong. Like, does this need to be recalibrated? Like, what is it? And then you hear this other stuff. They talked about this, I think, on the – was it on the talk show? Yeah, 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 on the talk show with Snell, again, Jason Snell. And John were talking about how everybody – it's always that. Everybody keeps it in their pocket like, oh, have you tried uh, backing up, wiping, and restoring your device and you hear that and you roll your eyes because like that's in addition to being the last thing you want to do there's so many ways that can go wrong for some reason it's at the very least a time-consuming pain in the butt and it doesn't always make a difference but how crazy is it that like this this happened to jason it's happened to lots of people where like for some there's a gremlin there's a ghost in the machine Mm -hmm. something is wrong like why is this thing acting so weird but you go and do a wipe and do a restore the gremlin goes away and your phone's fast again like why is that there's probably a very good reason. It's probably a technical gremlin. But like, I, I mean, I don't know what the solution is. It's Part of it is the law of large numbers. There are so many people using these devices. It's not surprising that you get a variance in how people are succeeding with it, especially yeah. as we move further down the right side of the adoption curve. More and more people who, you know, maybe, I was going to say don't know how to fix it, but like, how can you fix it? It seems like it's pretty definitely worth your while to take her phone into the yeah, Apple that's Store. That's what I was thinking too. That's what I was thinking too. Because that's a good. That's still a good phone. Yeah, she I mean, wants. Like a, she wants a better camera. She what she wants me to do is she wants me to get, you know, the eight or the eight plus, and she wants my phone. And every time she picks it up, because because the photos are so great, every time she picks it up, she's like, "Oh, this thing is too big." That's how I felt. My wife got the okay, seven. You get used to it. iPhone ten takes really really good photos, like crazy good photos. I'm glad that you're enjoying that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's pretty much what you'd expect. It's really good. Um, again, too bad I haven't heard more opinions about how people feel about this. Or <laughs> Last Jedi. I'd love to hear more about that. Thank right. you. Please write in. <laughs> Don't write in. Um, so that's – where were we before that? Oh, we were doing, we were doing feedback. TV. We are doing a little follow-up. A little feedback and follow-up. I got some more. Um, do you want to tell me – Happy New Year, Dan. Happy New Year. Why don't you tell me about something that you like? I would like to tell you about LinkedIn Learning. LinkedIn Learning, first sponsor of the year. First sponsor of the year. So a lot of our listeners, I think, remember the old days when we used to have Linda uh, as a sponsor on the show. And people said, That's well, how I learned to do web graphics was Linda's books. See, there you go. And Linda is, in the day. Linda is a real person. And she started a website that teaches people uh, pretty much anything. And now it is part of LinkedIn Learning. All of Linda's content is now... LinkedIn Learning. So it's for people who are trying to solve problems, people who want to make maybe they want to make a change in their career. They want to take better photos. They want to improve time management. They want to learn QuickBooks. I mean, anything and everything in between, not just computer stuff, life stuff too. All of this stuff is on LinkedIn Learning, including all of Linda's, Linda.com's courses. So if you use any Adobe software, uh, they have the most comprehensive selection of courses on Photoshop and Illustrator and After After Effects and and more and this is going to help you do everything from photo editing to like vector graphics to 3D animation all the stuff you'd want to do to make YouTube videos 
product videos, stuff for your software. Like they do tons of stuff. Like they also do really cool weekly series. So like every week they'll come out with like a graphic design tips and tricks or, you know, like a motion graphics thing. Like every week, these creative professionals that are making these great videos on LinkedIn learning will come out. And this is something that you get. It's all, it's all included, all experience levels. You can jump in and find the exact course that you want to take from their library They have project files for you to download. They've got quizzes that make sure that you actually understood what you learned and they're structured so that you can learn from start to finish, or you can jump to a specific chapter. You can watch them in shorter bite-sized segments. It works the way you work. You watch it on your computer, your mobile device. They've got it all figured out and they've got a special deal, a 30 day free trial. Go to linkedin.com slash back to work, all lowercase linkedin.com slash back to work. And you get this 30-day free trial. You get access to everything, all the courses you want, all for one monthly price. So go check them out, linkedin.com slash back to work. And we appreciate the support of LinkedIn Learning. Buck, buck. Thank you, LinkedIn Learning. I just used my mute switch. So you, you keep yours on the floor. You don't ever accidentally hit it because you're kicking around? No. Hmm. You're a pro. You've well, I keep, so you know, long. I keep it over the side. So if I want to, you know, I got to see it's way back there now. See, so sometimes I got to look, but like if I'm going to, oh, you okay. know, open up a can of soda or something, then oh, you're like back this. like I'm gonna, that. I'm going to use this. I like yeah, this. Yeah, just put it down on the floor and then you can both your hands free uh-huh. to do whatever you want. There you go. Let's uh, do the whole show like this. <laughs> Crimson and clover. So one of the follow-ups. We should, uh, add, we should add a tremolo effect to the entire show. That would be very amusing Ooh, I like that. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention is, um, Mm -hmm. for the, as I lead into my next comment about the switch is that, uh, as people who play Zelda breath of the wild, which is, and and I don't see, I'm not a big, I haven't been a, a big console person since like the super Nintendo era and before. So starting with pong up through Atari and Coleco and all these other ones. I loved consoles and I kind of took a break from consoles uh, after Super Nintendo until like Xbox time. And then I kind of got back into it and got a, PS, a PlayStation and, uh, and things like that. But I can tell you that the Switch is, Nintendo Switch is probably my all-time favorite uh, gaming device. And I can tell you that the Zelda Breath of the Wild game is one of my all-time favorite games. I watched, I spent, I, re, I remember I mentioned this last week, so I don't want to go into it too much, but I watched my son playing, uh, you know, we got Mario Kart for the family, and I watched him play Mario Odyssey, and then we got Zelda, and I watched him play Zelda for a while, and I would just sit there just as just in the room with him, talking to him while he played, just enjoying watching him play. That's how great this game is. I don't like to watch other people play video games. Just watching this is entertaining. Right. It's almost like watching a, an adventure show. It's really, really fascinating. And it got to the point. That's I, what Griffin, Griffin McElroy in his Top Games of 2017 said. It's, it's, he thinks it might be one of the, and this is saying a lot for Griffin. But yeah. The, he thinks it might be one of the best video games of all time. And I agree. It, it's, the sound and the visuals are so cinematic. There's so many people out there who, who aren't even going on the quest. They just want to. They just, just want to like climb a mountain and look around. That's right. It really is. It's, it is amazing. Well, anyway, I, I'm just, I'm consistently blown away by this game. So much the fact that if this says anything, I went and bought my own damn Switch 
and oh, Zelda that's how it happened. just to yes because I liked it so much and he was he's always on I'm not going to make him not play it yeah. uh, so I went and got one I've gotten I, about eight minutes of playing time since uh, Christmas Day it, this game is so great it's just so great and so one of the things that happens not spoiling anything about this game by telling anyone this is there is something that happens in the game called a blood moon and when the blood moon happens the monsters that you've killed at least in the area that you're in come back to life oh my gosh so this is not a big deal unless like let's say that you're running around and one of the ways that you uh, it's dangerous to run around at night, not quite as dangerous as in Minecraft, but there are skeletons and other things that come out at night in, in this that you want to avoid. So the, one of the ways that you do that is you can check if you go to a little town, you can stay in the town or you can go to one of their little inns and you sleep in the inn uh, and it costs you 20 rupees and then you, you're, you're restored for the next day. But you can also sit by a fire. So anywhere that there's a fire... You can sit by the fire and you say, how long do you want to sit there? And you say, till morning. And then it's morning time when you come out of it. So the reason I mention this is if you, let's say you kill some monsters and they happen to be hanging out around a campfire, you kill them and you're like, oh, it's night. I better chill out now. And you, if you happen to do that during a blood moon, all the monsters that you've killed will come back to life and you'll wake up. And now there's, you know, five, uh, five monsters ready to, to kill you right there. Well, now there's a real life blood moon happening. This is real. January thirty first. Oh, right, right, right. I, I saw some photos. It looked beautiful. It's not. It, well, that, we just had a super moon, uh, like on the new on New Year's. But what we're getting on January thirty first, we're having three separate celestial events occurring simultaneously. There, people are calling this a super blue blood moon eclipse. Super moon is when it's really close to yes. the horizon, so it looks a lot bigger. Correct, right? and, and, and it we, might actually be closer, but mainly it's, it's proximity to the horizon. I think. I think you're big. correct, and that that is when it's cl- I think closest to the Earth in the orbit, and that just happened on New Year's Day. But th- so that's the super moon. But uh, we are having a, a blue moon. But to top it all off, there will also be a total lunar eclipse. All of these things, three things happening at the same time, wow. and the last time this happened was 150 years ago. So I'll wow. put a li- I'll put a link to this in show notes if you want to learn about Please how you can see it, do. things like that. Show notes are going to be at five by five TV slash B is in brothers two is in the number W is in a walrus slash three five seven three five seven Magnum. <laughs> right. Uh, this is one of the rare times that I really do curse the. Uh, overcast weather here. <clears throat> There's so many of these kinds of things where, like, <laughs> we couldn't see the eclipse. Oh, that sucks. You know, it's like it was just, oh, it's, there's fog and it's a little dark. But um, that's super cool. I love stuff like that. Sometimes I'll dig out my, those, you know, various apps I have on iOS for identifying uh, what stuff is in the sky. It's, uh, you know, I, I think it's just kind of a nice thing mentally, emotionally to do for yourself every once in a while. Just remind yourself how big the world is. It's a good thing to do. There are lots of things that happen in the sky that we don't understand. Hmm. How do you mean? You know, just, things just in, just in the in the in the whole like sky. Yeah, thing, like the sky large. is yeah a whole. Mm-hmm. There's things we don't totally understand out there going on. Yeah, I read a thing. One of those things you read periodically about how big you know the universe actually is, and when you read it, it's just 
it's so staggering because we think about our solar system, which is pretty big. Mm-hmm. Then you just think about like that's a star there that has 500 galaxies in it. Not a, not a star, but like a system that's got all these different galaxies in it, each with their own. It's like ah, some mind boggling to think about. Are your kids into that stuff? Mm, a little. I think it was a bigger deal when we were kids, and you could, you know, there was the space program going on. Yeah, and, like we know, got to go went. out living in Florida. I don't know if you could see it, but like. I remember vividly being a kid in South Florida and like the shuttle launch was like, that was like a big, big deal. Yeah, it's a huge deal. And then living in Orlando as an adult, you know, every time there was a shuttle launch, I remember in college, um, we used to drive out to the coast. It was only half an hour drive or so from, from UCF and you could drive to the coast, park your car kind of on the side of the road, walk out to the beach and you were a mile away from where the shuttle was taking off and we'd go and see a night launch where the the entire sky would be illuminated brighter than the sun in the sky during the day. I mean, it's just amazing. It's really dramatic. My kids don't really, they don't care about any of that. I wish they did. On the West Coast, we would generally see it as, if it was during the day, we would just generally see it as like a, you know, I guess like a contrail. Mm -hmm. But I I feel like I, I could be misremembering this, but I remember when the space shuttle program first kind of, got going i feel like i was visiting my grandparents in florida at some point in the mid to late 70s and they did that thing where they put the space shuttle on top of a jet for it to launch right or was that like a, they were testing the landing of it or well that's the thing it's like the i mean like first you're like oh that's so janky like you put us you put a, you put a plane on a plane that's <laughs> right. kind of weird but i do remember like one of the one of the few like i remember it weird feelings was like we were able to do that and it landed and it got reused yeah and at that time, I hate to I don't want to turn into John Roderick here, but like at that point, it was it was really um, staggering to think about. And of course, this is also the time of the Concorde and stuff like that. But it was this time where you thought, like, wow, this stuff is really ticking along. We're going to be having, I mean, not necessarily commercial flights, but like the idea that you could have a a vehicle that left our atmosphere that could come back safely and then be used again is still such a bananas idea in my head. You know, so you can go back and watch some old, like, you know, like Apollo 13 style movies. Right. Like, well, there's this one little piece from the tip that we hope survives because that's got the people in it. But then the whole idea that, like, with given repairs and upgrades, you can take this thing and shoot it up in the air again is just an amazing idea. It really is. And, it, you know, it, because up until this time, every single rocket was pretty much disposable. And all of that time and money and effort that went into it, the, the idea that they, oh, we're going to make this little vehicle that we can really reuse, it was such a neat idea. But I guess it didn't, it didn't really work out long term because they're back yeah, to rockets know. now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I guess there's something to be said. I don't follow this stuff closely at all. I have friends who follow this much more closely than I do. But um, I guess it's good that somebody's doing it. But it's not depressing, but disappointing that it's not NASA that's on like the leading edge of that oh, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, I guess they got their reasons, but, but let's talk about happy things. All right. Hmm. I don't have too much. I got some good, good, good feedback from listeners that I wanted to address. I got some odds and sods. Um, you're not an Amazon echo person at all. No, right? I, I have two of them. My, we can't, always, we why can't do I always forget. My wife will not allow one in the home, but I have one here at the office and I love it. And, uh, and, and anytime that I'm at home, anytime that I'm at home, and I don't know the answer to something that my kids will say, and my wife was anywhere within earshot. I will shout out the A word and ask it a question. And my kids will be like, Dad, we don't have an Amazon Echo. I'll be like, 
All right. Oh, right. I forgot that we don't have the Amazon Echo here. That's at work. I'm so confused by the fact that we don't have one here for some reason. And my wife will just roll her eyes and you know leave, quietly leave the room. Uh, so she, I mean, like not to get too personal, but she she doesn't like the idea that it could be listening or watching. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the last, especially, there's been so much cooking around the house in the last month or so, and I've been trying to habituate my family to, hey, dingus, don't just say set a timer. Like, really work it. So you go in and say, hey, dingus, <laughs> set a pasta timer for Ooh. 10 minutes, or hey, dingus, um, set a video game timer for 30 minutes. And if you have one with a screen on it, it'll actually sh- you can see which other ones are coming up. It'll like show you all of your timers. It's super handy. So the, they have really gotten into – my daughter's been using it for a while. My wife is finally really starting to utilize it in a practical way. But also, I mean, honestly, this happened New Year's Eve. We uh, had one of our big black and white movie nights we have sometimes, and we were watching a Fred Astaire movie. And I just said out into the air, hey, Dingus, how old was Edward Everett Horton in 1937? I said those words. I said, how, hey, Dingus, how old was Edward Everett Horton in 1937? And it popped it right up, like he's 51 or whatever. Um, the guy who was the voice of the narrator in Peabody and Sherman. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, he was, he was a gay fella. He had, he had a boyfriend and everything. Isn't that wild? Way back It's amazing. Then. Yeah. Secret history of Hollywood. But that totally worked. Uh, and of course, I went down a rabbit hole reading about him. But, but like that, that to me, like, you know, it's one thing to be able to say, like, who is this person? But to be that specific and have it give you an answer and say, he is between 50 years, 10 months, and 51 years, 10 months, it's like, uh, it's exactly what I'm looking for. Wow. And yeah, and I really found myself relying on it more and more. I just wanted to mention, I got an Amazon Spot, and I think it might be the best of these devices. Not for the reasons they want it to be. But no, wait, like there's I, the dot. Remind me again. What's the, the dot? There's the dash. There's the echo. There's the other. What's echo. the dot then? There's the show. the the um the the dot is the little boy. It's a little short guy that doesn't sound very good. Okay. But you can get for like eighty bucks. We've that, we've had tons of those for a while because you could buy. Basically, they had a deal for a while where you could buy five of them and they were greatly discounted. And so we've used those. But um, and so we have a show in the kitchen. That's the one with the bigger screen. That's hmm. Okay, it's good. Um, the reason I mentioned this with the Echo Spot, the Echo Spot, it looks it's like a little kind of like a sphere with a squared off bottom and a little round screen on it. And uh, I think it's really right in the pocket for what most people might want or will grow into for one of these devices. And I just wanted to mention that. they. Um, so you can go look it up. I think I put it in notes. Um. But the thing I love about this, so so it's supposed the idea is like, oh, this could replace your alarm clock, right? Right. But it's neat because like, okay, the Echo Show, it's not, I mean, it's oh, it's fine. They've got this f- really um, weird relationship with YouTube where one of the neat things was you could call up a YouTube video on it and then YouTube got all mad about that and they hobbled it so you only got the web view version of YouTube because, you know, you got to be able to get autoplay and all that stuff. Then they pulled it off again and it's just been this whole... So, I mean, you can watch you can watch Amazon Prime content on it, although I wouldn't personally do that. Some people love that. Some people love that. You pull up music or uh, especially music, but also you can pull up an Amazon TV show and like watch it on your show. I guess I, I do get that. That's not for me. The nice thing about the spot is sometimes you don't want to you don't want to actively use the screen 
in my case, I, I don't actively use the screen to like watch a video. I don't use it to talk and uh, conference and all that stuff. Right. But like, if I call up a radio station, it's kind of cool. Like I see the logo for the radio station right on it and you can do all the other cool echo stuff you can do on it. But the screen, I don't know. I think it adds a little something. You get a little clock on there and you get you, you can see your appointments or whatever. I just want to mention for anybody who's been thinking about it, they're not cheap, but they're not surpassingly expensive. It's 130 bucks. And I looked at the reviews. The reviews are all really quite good. But I, I don't know. I feel like they're really getting somewhere with this. They want this to be a device that you use for talking to other people. Um, I tried that for about an hour before I shut it off on every device because it did kind of creep me out. And yeah. I, I do put – I'm a weirdo. I put I'm – I'm a super weirdo. I have uh, you know sheets of those little stickers that I put over every camera in our house just because – unless it's for that purpose. Um, I don't want it to even have the ability to accidentally do that. But, um, but I just thought this was really interesting. I mean, they're really, they're really trying to cover the waterfront with all these different devices. Mm -hmm. I think they're, they're understandably trying to capitalize on their first mover advantage and the fact that as it stands right now, it's kind of the best of these kinds of devices, this family. But uh, I just want to suggest that for people. You might want to check it out for work because it's, it's weirdly cool to have a little screen on there. And it'll do stuff like if you call up um, – so I've been really into that show Patriot. And you can like say, okay, play the Patriot Season 1 soundtrack and it'll play it. And the lyrics will run across the screen and all that stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah, the, the spot was kind of under my radar. I'm glad you mentioned it. Uh, I mean I knew about the Echo and the Dot and the, the new Plus and I had a show. But the spot somehow just didn't – I didn't really connect with it. But now that I'm hearing you describe it, I'm looking at the picture of it. It does look – pretty cool but it's well you can also say say stuff like if you have like uh, security cams you can tell it to pull up the security cams so, like if you're waiting for a delivery or something you can just have that sitting on your screen while you're hanging out so i don't know i didn't really have anything too important in ecosystemy to say except that like if you're thinking about getting one of these and you want to save your pennies i think this is a pretty good one right on um I, I, I would personally not recommend the drop-in feature. I think it's super creepy. I don't like um, that. I don't even like that it's something – don't you have to disable it like you said? Don't you? Well, is it on I by default? I did something I am not proud of. I broke my rule to try this out because I had – because there's a lot of screaming across the house in our household. Oh, yeah. I really tried – really trying to suggest we not do the screaming across the house. Uh, partly because daddy's laying down. He doesn't want to get up. Can't you just come to daddy? He's laying down. He said he was laying down. He said that three times. Remember when he said he was laying down? What is it? Oh, can you get me a water? Um, so I thought, and I still think there's room for this to be a feature that they add. I would love to see them make a feature, which is hail and speak to another echo device in the house with minimal fuss. But to do that, and I asked a bunch of people in Slack if this was a terrible idea, is you have to do the opt-in and it gets your contacts and all that stuff. And ever since the PATH debacle a few years ago, ever since everything we know about Facebook now, I'm not a raving paranoiac, I don't think, but like I, I feel like it's irresponsible for every person I've got in my phone book, on my contacts list, I feel like it's very irresponsible for me to share their information, even with a service that I mostly trust. But uh, I did that to get the, get the benefit of trying this out just to use within the house. Right. Totally wasn't worth it. Shut it off everywhere. And now I wish I could, wish I hadn't done it at all. Right. Now- so be circumspect, you know, don't make the mistake I did. Be circumspect about whether you really want all that stuff in there. But 
I think the dropping feature is really silly, but I think having this as an intercom is would be really great. And it yeah, seems like that's it something that it that it should know better. I mean, I always this, well that it should separate it from the use this as a phone that anybody can instantly start talking to you on. That's that's an awful feature, but it's very different than to me. I wish there was just a button where you could say like. I mean, like, and you have to go in, and, like, if you want to use it, you have to identify the contacts, and, like, it works a little bit, but it's still a little bit clunky as an intercom. That, to me, should be, like, not even a skill. That should just be built in. You should be able to just say, hey, hey, dingus, you know, talk to the bedroom or whatever. Right. And that seems like something that they should know, uh, the the Amazon devices. It seems like something that they should know. They should be able to... I don't know. They they should be able to ha- be aware that there are other ones in the house. I think they they do know that, right? So why? It's a w- little bit of. It's a, I think it's. I sus- I don't know. I suspect it's a little bit of sleight of hand. Hmm. It's a little bit of as Siegel used to say, fish food, where you go, hey, here's this really neat feature where you can use this device to call people. Hey, you could send one. You could send one to grandma and just drop in and give her a call, and she'll always love that. And you go like, that's really a neat idea. I mean, that's that's a really neat human idea. But I think it's fish food. I think they want your contacts. <laughs> yeah. I think they want your contacts. And the fish food is you can use this to talk to people. And I knew that going in. And now I feel crummy about it. Um, but, you know, that's that's the thing. And then, you know, I, to be honestly, then on the other end of that spectrum, what do they want you to do with this? They want you to buy stuff. Well, guess what? I buy lots of stuff with this. It's really, really easy to do. It's And it's it's convenient. And it's sensible. And it's, like, smart. And if it's got a screen on it, it works even better. So yeah. if you can walk up to it and say, like, uh, reorder um, dish detergent. And it'll say, is this the one you want? And you can scroll through a list and say, this is the one you want. You click a button, you get it. Like, that's... I don't know. I mean, setting aside people's feelings about Amazon as a company, I think that's a really good service, well implemented. But, you know, when you're putting your contacts and stuff in, that just doesn't feel good. Um, But with all that said, um, there's a lot of neat stuff. There's some cool skills. Every time my daughter has a sleepover, this becomes the star of the show. Like, talking to the Echo becomes, like, the thing everybody wants to do. You run around the house and you get, you know, Call Me Maybe playing on five different Echoes, and it's completely maddening. But, um... (laughs) But it is pretty great. <laughs> I didn't really have a point to that. No. Um, did you have another thing you wanted to tell me about that you like? I would tell you about Casper. It is a sleep brand oh, that Casper. continues to revolutionize its line of products. They are making exceptionally comfortable sleep experiences for people like us one night at a time. Uh, they just They just keep making really cool stuff first they made these mattresses that are really nice then they came out with a couple other kind of mattresses they had the original casper they have known called the wave one called the essential but they're not just a mattress company right they have other products that give you better sleep that's because uh they they that's what their their motivation is they want you to sleep really well and they said you know what we've made these mattresses but we can do a little better we can make things like sheets. We can make things like pillows. I mean, they're doing it all right now. And these are the people you've seen the the ads for them and stuff like that. They, the mattress shows up in the box. And you're like, how is that a mattress? How is it in there? You open it up and it breathes life into itself. When you unwrap it, it becomes a full-size mattress. And it's, it's, it's really amazing. And these things are incredibly comfortable. But now they have free shipping and returns to the U.S. and Canada. So Canada, we brought they brought them into the to the fold now, which is I think pretty nice. Welcome, welcome to uh, to the world of Casper. And so here's the thing: 
uh, you get 100 nights to try this risk fee free also fee risk free that's what yeah. they say sleep you get to sleep on this thing for 100 nights if you don't like it for any reason they come and they take it away it's it's no big deal but you're going to like it and that's the thing i think you're really going to like it but they don't they don't care you don't even have to give them a reason just say i don't like it they'll take it away <laughs> what better thinking and that's the risk you always take when you go to like a regular mattress store you're like flipping around on a mattress for three minutes you're like okay yeah sure here's a thousand two thousand bucks whatever i i sure do hope this works out for me casper you don't have any of that fear all the anxiety that's is so, gone that's that's, that's so bananas that's, it really that's, is it really is crazy i love mine if i ever go anywhere else i can't wait to get home and get back to my bed i really do love it Back to the bed with Merlin Mann. Pound sign back to bed. Back to bed. So start sleeping ahead of the curve. That's their thing for 2018. You're going to get 50 bucks toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash back to work. Casper.com slash back to work and use the code back to work at checkout. Merlin terms and conditions apply here. Okay. Okay. But it's I'm ca- fine with that. Casper.com slash back to work code back to work. 50 bucks toward a mattress and you've got a hundred nights to try it. So you can't you can't make a mistake here. Try it out, see if you love it. I love it. Merlin has two now, two or three, two, two. two. Mm-hmm. So that should tell you something. It should tell you all you need to know. Go check them out. Thanks very much to Casper for supporting Back to Bed with Merlin Man. Thanks, Casper. Puck puck. <laughs> I have a very bespoke bed setup. Is it similar on. to what it was before? I was just realizing as I was luxuriating in bed today, like how, how like weirdly like fetishistic I've got about my whole bed experience. I've got <laughs> That's a weird good though. <laughs> I, got, I got an internet mattress, a weird pillow and a weird blanket. Yeah. I'm such an odd person. Yeah. What's weird about the pillow and the blanket? I got one of those buckwheat, buckwheat pillows uh-huh. with all the buckwheat yeah. husks in it. Love that. And I bought myself a weighted blanket and I really like it. Oh, the weighted blankets are the, the weighted blanket. best. I was uh, I was skeptical, um, but uh, I really like it. No, they're great. I think it does calm. I think it does calm me down. It calms me down. Do you have one? Yeah, you're kidding. No, we actually got one for my son, but then he got sure, sick sure. and threw up all over it. We had to get rid of it, and then uh, but oh. we have another one. But yeah, and if you're wondering if this would work for you, turn the heat off in your house. Get like eight blankets and lay them on top of and lay under that and sleep like that. And if you like it, then I think the weighted blanket will be good. There's something very comfortable and nice well, it's, about it's, it. It's, I mean, the label on this thing, when it arrived, I showed it to my wife because it actually made me laugh out loud because it said, hey, this weighted blanket that's really expensive is really great. It may address any of the following 45 different things about your brain and body. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, I wonder how much science there is on that. I know I've heard things, especially with regard to things like spectrum issues that it can be very useful mm-hmm. and that gosh there are so many flavors of that nowadays uh that we're learning about but that you know just if you have anxiety it can be helpful that's yep. why i got it and i'll tell you what i like about it though so um it's so it's not super heavy they say to get one that's about a tenth of your body weight but i'll tell you what i really like i like the way i like the weight of it but i also love how thin it is it's not i mean when you say like put a bunch of blankets on you i mean this is thinner than our comforter plus duvet it's it's really like almost like the the how do I describe this? If do you, you didn't pick it up, it would you would think it's like a baby blanket. It's so thin, but it's full of these like I guess beads or pellets that are very comfortable. But like I feel like such a weirdo even mentioning this. But it, it doesn't. It's not. It's heavy, but it's not bulky, and it's really it's very pleasant. It's very comforting. 
Now, do you find, is is it as warm as a regular blanket, or do you need to supplement it in the cold uh, wintertime? I don't. I choose to eschew the comforter for just this, partly also because <clears throat> I know from evidence and from reporting that having a cooler temperature is better for sleep, that people tend to want to get real warm and like real hot. But I, I stick my feet out of the bottom of it, because your feet, cool feet helps you sleep right, better. Right, right. And uh, I look like a real weirdo, and <laughs> but it, it helps me sleep so much. I go right to sleep; it's the best. Now, what, and with they're, the they're pillow, not, they're not a sponsor. No, with the pillow, do you <laughs> find that like what kind of pillow were you on before you switched to the buckwheat pillow? I've hated almost every pillow I've had. What I want is really weird. I want something that's like crazy, super firm, but isn't. Um, I mean, I don't want it to be necessarily hard, but I sleep on all the parts. I'm a turner. I turn like clockwise through like five different positions through the night. The nice thing about this buckwheat one is you can wad it up so that you've got this fairly solid thing to put your head on, but you can also just, you barely touch it to make it exactly the way you want for your face to fit on there in a way that's comfortable or your head or whatever. So it could be tall, it could be short, it could be whatever, and the buckwheat accommodates that. I actually bought two so that I could make a bigger pillow with more buckwheat in it. And then I gave the rest of my daughter for projects. But um, but it worked out really well. <laughs> this is awfully personal to be talking about, but... Well, no, I, the, my, ex, my experience with the buckwheat type of pillow was the meditation cushion, which is full of buckwheat hulls, the same kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I never... Like, I remember when... the pillow company that does all the advertising uh, yes. of, of this came out with that and or i became aware of it anyway that's and, how i got it yeah they were sponsored on dalrymple show and i thought what the heck i'll buy one and, and you like it this has been fine for you oh yeah yeah i, I don't like other pillow other pillows feel, feel very silly to me they they're very inconsequential they feel like dumb pillows this is a smart pillow like you can like <laughs> make this be the way you want it to be it's not for everybody but like, you know, some people are really like, oh, I want just a medium sized boring pillow that looks good on my bed. And it's like, yeah, but that's no fun to sleep on. Like when I go to a hotel room, you would not believe the acrobatics I go through to try and get a pillow that works for me. And yeah, anyway, your mileage may vary, but I do have two very, very heavy things on my bed now. I have this buckwheat pillow that weighs like 10 pounds. And then I have this blanket that, that weighs like 15 pounds. It's really weird. What do you do when, I know you don't travel a lot these days, but what mm-hmm. do you do when you travel as far as pillow wise, like in a hotel? It sounds like this one's. You know, I, I have, I generally try use, not to think about who else's head has been on. It. Well, no, no, I didn't mean that. I mean, like I have, I use a latex, uh, pillow, not one that's not the kind that are like shredded latex inside, but there's a, the solid latex, if that makes any sense. Is it like a Swedish pillow? Is it one of those curvy ones? No, no. It's a regular size and shape pillow. It's just made from latex. So it's very bouncy and okay. firm and I, I, I supportive rather. And it doesn't have a tendency of a regular pillow to kind of um, compress too much underneath your right. head. So it keeps your head and neck in the correct position. Mm-hmm. And what's nice about these, just like a, I guess a traditional pillow is I have those bags that you can, you press on them or you can use a vacuum and it sucks all of the air out of it. Oh, smart. So these things compress down to like nothing and you can like literally you can just throw them in your suitcase when you travel and then you have That's a really good idea. You have the perfect pillow. Uh, but I'll, I'll even put the pillow and those bags and show notes for people who want to do that with their regular pillow or How just do you to pack, pack it up with. to take home. Well, you can force the air out of it by just sort of l- leaning on it or rolling it with mm-hmm. just your hands. You get 
with uh, one of the little vacuums, you get 100% of the air out. With that method of sort of leaning on it and rolling it, you can get about 80% of the air out. But it's still just fine to put into your suitcase again. And if you're really retentive, you could even ask the hotel to send a vacuum cleaner up. But I've never done that. I just roll it. Uh, But this works fine. But – you know, after I think I had gone to oh, it's a reusable bag. It is a reusable bag. Okay, I, I understand. It's like one of the things from infomercials. I was thinking that it was like the sous vide bags. Oh, that once you cut it open. No, I see what no, you're I, I okay. no. Yeah, these are. I'm sorry, these are meant to do this with. So they have oh, a little wow. one way valve on them, and they have a big for lack of a better term, they have a big Ziploc on the top and you put the thing, whatever it is, pillow or clothing or whatever you want to put in there. You shove that in there, you zip it closed and then any pressure that you put on, the air goes out of the one-way valve and okay. uh, and 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 winds up compressing this thing down. And so if you put one of those little shop vac or we have just our regular like home vacuum cleaner has a hose attachment on it. If you put it on there, that thing will shrink down to nothing. And I was very I worried it. the first time I did it that it was going to somehow damage the pillows that we were putting in them, but it was just fine. And that way it goes right in the bottom of your suitcase. You don't even notice it. And, and I use only I only travel with a carry on. I don't even mm-hmm. use a regular uh, suitcase. Oh, and look, the brand that makes it is Ziploc. After all, it's called the Ziploc Space Bag in the show Space notes. Bag. And it's uh, $26 for 13 of them in a variety of different sizes. And the one that I think I'm using for the pillow is the large or the extra large. But it, this is of good value, and you can reuse them an unlimited number of times. And anyway... Nice. This is nice because I traveled to L.A. one time, and even though it was a decent hotel, the pillows were awful. And after like the second night of just being in pain and uh, and, and waking up r- totally feeling wrong, uh, I said, I've got to I've got to do something different next time I travel. And so that that led me to this. How would you do that with a hollow pillow or whoever? No, I, is the I, there's no way. I mean, it's just it's too heavy. But I, but I feel your pain on that. Where like last time I was in a hotel, they had those toy pillows that were yes. they look almost like throw cushions, and it's just like, uh, I mean, you know, you get through it. You're so, I, it's weird though. I do sleep pretty well in a hotel room generally, probably because my cat's not meowing. <laughs> she tied a record last night, thirteen meows in a row. What's happening? Mm. I think she's lonely. My daughter read a book about cats, and she thinks that she's either anxious or lonely. Mm. But we're not getting another cat. That's not going to happen. No, no, I would not take that along. But I think yours, yours, your idea makes a lot more sense. I yeah. cannot find the exact pillow that I use, but I found one similar, and I'll just put that in the notes. Put it in the show notes. Yeah. Put I put your Ziploc bags in there too. Done. Ziploc. Uh, anything else here? Gyroscope. That's not very interesting. Somebody on um, Twitter uh, who um, who I, I forget. I'm sorry. I couldn't find the tweet. Looked for it. Couldn't find it. Said. Uh, Dan and Merlin, you should do a whole episode just about the Nintendo Switch. Hmm. Okay. I'm not saying we should. I'm saying I'm going to have to get more said, than eight minutes of playing time on it. But uh, yeah. But no, I, I no, I agree. I the thing that really struck me as the person who had to put it all together, and we still have not hooked it up to the TV. It's still only been. Oh, used. you've got to put. I know. I know. Well, I, saw, I was watching Griffin's video again last night, and it just looks so beautiful. I want to see it on the big screen. Put it on. But no, my kid's just crazy about it. The thing that really struck me was the build quality. Yeah. You know, the Nintendo um, hardware is has usually been – so I had a – we had a Wii and we had a Wii U. Yeah. That's it. But oh, like, you didn't have – like you didn't grow up with Super Nintendo? No, that, I was in college by the time that came out. Um, what about the first but, Nintendo? 
No, that was like when I was in college. The very, f- I think the NES. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. I think it came out like 1985. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm I think you're probably. I mean, you're good with the years. I I can freak my wife 83, out. 83, the first one. Came 83. Out. I can freak my wife out. She'll say, "Oh, did you you remember that uh, TV show uh, V with the lizard people with the sea?" I'm like, "Yeah, that was probably 1983." She's like, "No, it was like 89. It was 90." I'm like, "No, I think it was 83." Look it up. It's 83. Wow. She's like, "Oh, what about that show?" Um, uh, oh, now I'm forgetting the name of it. The one with the, the two cops, and one of them was an alien. One of them was. Uh, uh, regular people. And it wasn't Enemy Mine, which is the movie with Dennis Quaid, but hmm. um, it'll it'll come to me. Anyway, I'm told that I'm like, oh no, that was eighty, that was eighty eight, eighty nine, and they did the TV show wow. ninety nine to what? I'm really good with those stupid. I TV remember shows. Holmes and Yo Yo, where one guy was a robot. I don't I remember that, that far. I know what you mean, though. Alien I mean, Nation, it, Alien Nation, Alien Nation, right? So eighty three, um, you were in college. No, no, I thought it was 85. 80, I started college in 86. But no, I, I mean, I was, I mean, like, I didn't have money for stuff like that. 83. <gasps> Merlin, I, you're the, right. It was released in North America in 85. Oh, okay. All so right. you're right. Uh, quarters that I had in 1983 were going into Vigi Games at a Vigi Game parlor. <laughs> sure. We went to, when we went to Alamo Draft House last week, like, oh my God, they had like, what they have? They had Defender. Technically, Stargate was my game, but Defender also. Um, they had all these games, and I was like, "Oh my god, look at this! Look at this, Eleanor! Look, you got to, you got to, you got to hit the mutant and grab the person before they hit the ground." She was so bored, so bored. Um, I will try and clock some time on a Nintendo Switch. Um, um, I feel like I get a lot of uh, stick from John Syracuse about like jumping right to a game that I have no. Uh, legacy to, with well that i'm not supposed to be playing yet because i don't know how to do video games but, oh wait wait um, wait wait i i disagree with him on so much but this is one that re- he's really really wrong about what oh no no he didn't say that about he said that about of some other games but no you're feeling like so we've got we've got zelda splatoon 2 mario kart and the mario odyssey and i was thinking mario odyssey, odyssey is where i should probably start but what do you think you think you should go right into zelda it's, yeah all right I mean Mario okay. Odyssey. I watched. I haven't. I haven't played that at all. Except the class. There's aspects of the. There is like original NES Mario style levels in. It, it occasionally happen in Mario Odyssey just for fun. That's and cute. my son sucks at those. This makes me really? so happy because I'm great at them because it's what I played for years when I was a kid. You still got it in your in your bones. It's in the bones, and so I, like he'd get to that point, and he'd be in there. I'd hear him like basically cursing and i'd be like what's up dude that's he, about i mean a lot of that's like really extreme timing right yeah and and i'd i'd be like what's up and he's like oh, i can't get past this level and i'd look at it, i'd be like oh this is my thing hand me the controller he'd be like dad you don't you you don't know how to use a modern what are you gonna do and like all right you know, you know call me in half an hour when you're still stuck on the level and he'd like 15 minutes later mm-hmm. be like dad come try this and at that point, he would figure, like, the worst that can happen is what? It, it wouldn't hurt. Uh, so, of course, I go in, I fly, and I, I, I beat, beat the level, no problem. And he's like, wow. how do you know how to do that? I'm like, this is all I know how to do. Like, the stuff that you're doing, the new Mario, I don't even know how to, like, rotate the camera, let alone complete these levels that you're doing. But he... No, uh, I know. I don't, I don't know how to tell where I'm going. It's... It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's tough. But anyway... These kids today, my, my, my daughter uh, told me what life hacks are. Oh, that yeah? was fun. 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've given up trying to impress her, but I was like, yeah. That's but anyway, as far as like, should you start with Mario Odyssey? Mario Odyssey is tons of fun, but it it is plagued a little bit by what happens with a lot of platformers in that there there is a lot of that jumping and landing just right and and there's less of that less of that than in other marios but it's still there whereas in zelda there isn't very much of that if really there there's only very 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 little of it it's more about exploring and so that's my two cents anyway all right i'm in i'm in i can do that um but i think it's a very impressive very impressive device it is super impressive i just i just want to say having had pretty much all of the nintendo's except the Nintendo 64 and the having Xboxes and Playstations and tons and tons and tons of computer games. This is, you know, and the Wii and the Wii U. This is by far my favorite platform ever. If from the standpoint of just like you say, build quality, the portability of it, that's it's just so pure fun, and and the games are amazing. It's so much smaller than I expected. I thought it was going to be the size of the Wii U, um, Dingus. But it's not. It's, no. it's really light. It's very small. light. Yeah. It makes that one seem really, really Jurassic. <laughs> That's a great word for it. Yeah. All right. I'll work on it. I got a lot of TV to get through. Well, here's the risk of, of, the, of, the, uh, of the Zelda. Unlike the Mario Odyssey where it feels like you can play through a world and get to the end and be like, oh, good. I'm, like, I'm done now. You can put the controller away. With Zelda, there's just it is a world, and you get to explore everything. And like every character in the, every little character in the village has something different to say, and a little side quest you can do. And wow. everything gets like, oh well, you know, there's this like orb sitting next to this one town elder called Impa. Next to her is this orb, but she doesn't let you touch it unless you do a certain number of side quests in the village, which proves to her that you care about the village and then she'll let you examine it. And if you stumbled across this little platform with a divot in it, you might think to yourself, I wonder if that orb could fit in that divot. And like, Oh, you know, so so much, it just on and on and on and on for hours. I'm in, I'm sold. Do it. I'll do it. Um, can I do some feedback from listeners? Yeah, go ahead, caller. I thought this one was, well, let's do a really short, easy one. Well, kind of easy. Well, actually, it's not easy at all, but it is fast. Um, listener Andy uh, has a question about blocking phone calls on iOS, something I've spent a lot of time on. Yes. Uh, Merlin, have you found a good solution for blocking unwanted calls on iOS? I've been using TrueCaller on your recommendation. It's the best option I've tried, but spam calls still sneak through sometimes. Curious if you've had an update or any other apps you've experimented with. Thank you to listener Andy, um, this is so embarrassing. I have five spam blocking apps on my phone and they're all turned on. Oh, I subscribed to like three of them. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. And I, I let them fight it out. I'll let them fight it out. I'll see who, who identifies what. Um, True Caller, Haya, Privacy Star, Nomo Robo, and Robo Killer. Um, here's the short version. If I go in and look at the phone app and see which ones it has caught, because what what these apps will do is, I mean, I don't know the exact technical specification for how they work, but generally what they do is, um, they're working against some kind of a list that gets updated and it will, you give it in the settings, you give it permission, you give permission to these apps to like be watching incoming calls. Right. 
and if it matches the number on the list, it'll usually it won't you will not ring through, and it'll like send it to voicemail, uh, and it will label it as such in the app. So I don't know if this is the perfect way to do this, but in the months I've been doing this, um, I like to go through and see which ones it has picked up automatically. Um, but see, this is, see, I don't really feel, I don't know if if I want to make a recommendation. I feel like I've probably pound for pound had the best luck with, um, privacy star and maybe robo killer. Robo killer is really creepy because you can let it basically, you can have it reset your carrier settings so that it goes through their app. Most people hate that. Don't want that are terrified. They'll miss an important call. Um, if you want to go full, you know, the full Monty on this, RoboKiller is good. Um, the one that a lot of my smart friends like is called Nomo Robo, which is a terrible name. Uh, Nomo Robo is good as well. Um, Privacy Star seems to catch a lot. Nomo Robo catches a lot. Um, and I've seen, and they get smarter, right? Like they've, they've really, they figured out the whole neighborhood spoofing thing. So if you've ever gotten a call that's from your area code, your ex- exchange dash four random numbers, I think that's called neighborhood spoofing, where it makes it look like it's yes, a call. Yes, I see it's, that all the time. It's on. It looks like almost like your number that it's coming from. That's right. spoofed. Right. And there's a, well, two reasons they do that. One reason they do that, as I understand it, is that you're more likely to pick it up if it looks like it's a local call. But right. also, your carrier may not even allow those things to be blocked at a higher level mm. for like safety security reasons. You, I think there. I don't know if this has changed, but I've been told that and that was a huge problem for months with me was getting these nuisance calls where there's nobody there. But that was um, supposedly that has to do with the carriers not allowing you to block those kinds of calls. Well, these apps will do that. They'll they'll say like this looks like a carrier spoof, and so the good ones will then like show you in your in the phone app. It'll say like okay, I blocked this number because of this, and it'll identify to the extent possible like who it's from and stuff like that. But um. Yeah, I, 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 the funny part is like, do the apps I, so a, fight each other or how, I mean, I don't know. Let's see, let's see. Nomo Robo won that one. Privacy Star, Haya got that one. Privacy Star, Privacy Star, Privacy Star, Privacy Star. Nomo Robo. So I don't even know. I don't even know who's always getting it. The other thing is I, I, I have, make a little game of it where I'll copy and paste the number into all of them and see which one gets it best. I guess, I, see, I don't, I don't know the prices on all of these, which is something people always want to know. I guess I would say, I feel like I'm probably paying for Privacy Star. I feel pretty sure that I'm subscribed to that. But that and Nomo Robo are two that I would definitely look at. Give them a try. Um, you know, I've had a weird thing. It just actually just happened this morning where somebody somebody must have intentionally or erroneously put my cell phone number down as their contact information. And it's a woman and she's she only speaks Spanish. And so for a while I was getting for a couple of weeks, I was getting many calls a day in, in Spanish. Uh, and they spoke no English. They would call many times. It would be a local number or four or seven area code in, which is Orlando. But like, but like from a real person, they were for regular. Yeah. Not robo calls at all. They were human beings. And I would say, hello. And I mean, I see as soon as I saw the 407 area code, I'm like, I know who, what this is. I'd answer it anyway. And I'd say hello. And they, they would immediately be, uh, speaking Spanish and they would say something in Spanish. I'm like, I think you have the wrong number. Um, and then they, you know, they, I speak enough Spanish to know they were saying, do you speak Spanish? And I would say, I don't speak Spanish. I only speak English. You have the wrong number. And 
then they would continue to try to speak in Spanish and I would have to hang up and then I would block the call. And I was just using the iPhone's built in call blocking uh, feature. You know, you can, you can go to that, you hit the little I for info and at the bottom it says block this caller. Um, that would eliminate the one number, but I would still get another call later in the day or the next day. So this kind of died down. But then this morning I got a call, one of those things that says, I'm calling about your credit card. There's no yeah. trouble today, but I'm calling. And, and so, right. you know, two minutes after I hung up on that, my phone rings. And this is really weird. Uh, it rings and I say, hello. And there's a guy comes on. Hello. Like he had just been woken up. This is early this morning. Hello. I'm like, yes. He goes, yeah. I said, well, like you both got right. The receiving. End and of the I call. said, I said, can I help you? And he says, who's this? I said, you called me. Why don't you tell me who you are? And he says, I didn't call you. And I said, well, my phone rang and I answered it and I picked it up and you were there. And he says, uh, and he hung up. Yeah. So that's, do you think we were like connected to each other somehow by this system? Has anyone, anyone listening know what could have been going on? I'm very curious to know. Something, something they've said for a long time is that the way those things work is there's even in the days when this was less automated and less spoofable was that they're just spraying you know, five, 10, 15 numbers at a time. And so you, there's that phenomenon for the longest time where there'd be an unknown number, like unknown caller or an 800 number, you pick it up and there's nobody there. Right. That's because they were spraying that at maybe a dozen different numbers and whichever one got picked up first, that's who the operator would talk to if it was a live person. And I think almost everything today is like being done by VoIP and, you know, oh, some right. kind of automated system. But I don't... Um, I don't know. I see. I, my feeling about this is pretty unchanged over 15 years ago. Well, let's even say 10 years ago. And my feeling about that is this: like, it's a broken system where anybody who has my number can call it, and then I have to make exceptions to who's not allowed. That's right. a broken system. It needs to be the absolute, literal opposite of that system, <laughs> right. which is that no number that I have not previously communicated with should ever have access to me. They should go into some kind of a little like DMZ where I make a decision about what to do with them in the future. But my ideal workflow would be like, you cannot get to me unless your number is identified. It goes to voicemail or maybe there's some kind of basic little like not a captcha, but some kind of a basic, are you a person test? But I mean, even if it's an emergency, um, the number of emergency in my life, number of emergencies in my life um, would mostly not account for the hundreds and hundreds of times I've been interrupted by machines, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And I can't win that. I mean, there's no way I will win that. And the thing is, if it's from my kid's school, if it's from these other places, you know, maybe that system could also have accommodations for things like, you know, known police numbers. But anything is spoofable. I've gotten, I've gotten phone calls from myself. It's right. crazy. It's all spoofable. So, and then, so what do you do? You start going and blocking those people. Well, the people that you're blocking, you're not really, you're blocking a series of digits, but that's not actually, you know, Julio Garcia. Right. That's right, a number right. that Julio Garcia used to have that's getting spoofed or does have now that's getting spoofed. And so it's really easy to try and use a machine gun to kill these mosquitoes. When really, I just, I, I, I would really prefer a system where, like, especially as I increasingly think of this less as a phone, boy, that, that is the most intrusive, most invasive way to get to a person. And I really feel like the bar should be higher. I, I, I would, I mean, I know this sounds crazy and I hope this won't sound crazy in five years, but like, I don't think anybody should be allowed to have access to you until they've been vetted. 
I totally agree with that. It seems it seems bananas to me that the approach is like run up, run five different apps and then figure out if it's a person and then go Google it and then no, no. like first of all, why are you calling me? Like who calls me? <laughs> You know, even if it's like something that's like a real thing, real things don't call you. Like it's like, it's nuts. I mean, if it's just, it's, it's a dumb system, but that's where we are for now. At least we've got the tools. At least Apple now has something in the call kit API that will let you have these filters. So I don't know the best one. I would say try a couple, see what works. One nice one with Nomo Robo is you can have it send you, uh, like once you've got it installed to see if it's working, um, you say, send me, uh, a spam call. And it's always from this same number, but you, you can see if the filter's working, and you can even see which filter's working if you got more than one. Uh, see whether it catches uh, that call. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, th- thank you, listener Anthony. He's reminding me of this uh, wonderful episode of Re- Reply All. Um, yeah, uh, system uh, connecting two numbers by accident uh, via Twitter. Yeah, I think that must be what happened, or else. That someone used my number, or it appeared to be my number. Yeah, and they he, did an Elaine Bennis, right? right. The number of the uh, the bagel shop, right? And he called me back. Thinking, <laughs> no, 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 not the bagel shop. The uh, off track betting. That's what it is. Oh <laughs> that's yeah, the, that's the Festivus episode. <laughs> that's a great one. Um. So that is uh, our thanks to uh, listener Andy. I hope you get your calls blocked. Uh, I got one more interesting one. Want me to tell you about Ooh. something I like first? Yeah, tell me about another thing you like. I'll tell you all about RX Bar. RX Bars! Got them right here. Let me look. Let me see. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at that. These are whole food protein bars with simple, real ingredients. They're made with 100% whole ingredients. They are super transparent up front with people. Well, the bars aren't transparent. The bars are opaque. That would be so creepy. Yes. I would, be, I would eat it. Sure. <laughs> But they're basically, they're made of three egg whites, two dates, six almonds, and then a couple other things, depending on which style of uh, no, bar no you want. No bad stuff. No, no bad, bad stuff. stuff. You might want some chocolate. You might want a, some fruit in there. You might want sea salt. Uh, I mean, who knows what you might want. You can pick. You can figure this out. I would, if I were you, if I was a listener, I would go to RX Bar. Dot com because that's where you're going to see all the flavors. They do come out with uh, seasonal flavors and things like that but standard is 11 delicious flavors they're all gluten-free they're all soy-free they're all dairy-free they have no artificial colors no artificial flavors no preservatives no fillers just egg whites for protein dates to bind it together and nuts for texture and they're delicious and they're also easy to digest which i think is important this is the kind of thing that i love to have one of these either before uh, a workout, if uh, if I don't have time for a breakfast or after a workout to recharge, it's important to get some protein and some carbs after you've done any kind of uh, real workout. These answer both of those problems, and they're delicious. I know people that will eat them instead of breakfast. I know people that will eat them as a snack at 3 o'clock. They're great for everything. We took these on the plane with us when I took my son on a little trip, and these were our snacks on the plane. And it's just so awesome. They're great. You can get... If you don't know which kind or which flavor you're interested in, you can get a uh, like a sampler pack that sends you like their most popular flavors and you can figure that out. Or once you figure out what you like, you can go and order a box from them and it's uh, it's a great price. They actually are given 25% off the first order if you go to rxbar.com slash back to work. And of course, promo code matches. It's back to work. 
mm-hmm. when you're checking out, and you'll get twenty five percent off your your first uh, your first order there. And I thought, what a lovely little thing to do for the Christmas time here. I got a box, and I took it and I put it in where I am in like a shared like we have our own office here, but it's there's lots of people with their own little businesses doing that. So I went into we have like a shared break room. I I put a box in there, and I said, hey, "Happy holidays, have one." They were all gone within an hour. Wow! So uh, I think they were, I'm gonna tell you something inside baseball. They were um, they're considering sponsoring another program that I do, and they said, "Do you want them to send you some?" I said, "Not necessary." I'm already a super fan. Nice. Save those for the people who need them. I'm already a super fan and I'm happy <laughs> to extol the virtues of these bars. And I'll give you the same tip I always give. Keep them deployed in smart places. Keep one in your backpack, your workout bag. Keep them on your desk. Keep them in the places where you're going to be tempted to go get the pound of chow mein, keep it nearby, and deploy them. Right. You know, breakfast is the most optimistic meal. Get in there. Get yourself a bar. Oh, I like that. The most optimistic mm-hmm. meal. I'm kind of cribbing that from Patriot. But yeah, it's true. It's, 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 a, it's a good-ass meal. They're just going to have to run with that. So rxbar.com slash back to work. Thanks, rxbar. Thank you. Third sponsor of the new year. Done. Uh, how are you on time? This one might take a few minutes. Yeah, we should go easy on ourselves. We could hold. Is it the kind of thing that you want to hold and, and dedicate some more time to? Well, I feel like it's got a lot of layers to it. It's. I mean, I could present it as the very kind of basic thing that he's giving to us because it is fascinating. But I think there's a lot to it. I'll just do it. Listener Dan, not you. Um, <laughs> right. He's uh, listening to the talk about Netflix and personalization and wanted to share something. I thought this was so interesting. He said, I'm a gay man, so of course sometimes I watch movies or shows with LGBT storylines and content. And when I do, the next few times I go to Netflix, there'll be a ton of other LGBT movies showing in the options. As it turns out, there's a fair number of very small indie gay movies out in the world, things that generally don't make it to movie theaters or make headlines or blogs. And they're out there. But if I don't watch anything specifically, quote unquote, gay for a while, those other movies and shows disappear from what Netflix chooses to suggest to me. Right. Very interesting. And of course, the kicker, trying to actively search for them is kind of a pain. Yeah, like, what are you going to search for? Like, I thought that was so interesting for a related reason. And I thought this is also very interesting. I'm very reluctant to rate, quote unquote, rate movies on Netflix, particularly since they reduced it to just thumbs up or thumbs down. Because let's say I watch some small indie low budget movie just because it's got a gay storyline. But it turns out that as movies go, it's not really made that well and not very good. But now I'm scared that if I click thumbs down, Netflix is going to go, oh, this guy doesn't like gay coming-of-age movies anymore, and then make it harder to find more of them. Right. So good. When it's not the genre that's the issue, it's just the particular qualities of that one movie. Um, He goes on, but like you get the basic idea. I guess this is probably a special case. I don't think it is. I think this applies to lots of us about lots of things. But I think it's a good example that highlights the problems with how Netflix organizes what it does or doesn't show you and whether in the big picture that is actually helpful to the user. Mm. Great note, listener Dan, and I feel you. I hadn't noticed the phenomenon of stuff that felt very relevant then going away, but I definitely know that feeling of like two things. Like on the one hand, like, oh gosh, you know, these recommendations are interesting. But then on the other hand, like, how do I say... I mean, like, there's that, there was that show that's like, oh, the toys of our youth. Like, here's toys. They had an episode on Star Wars toys, but the show wasn't very good. And I was like, but I don't want to be a dick. I don't want to, like, give it a thumbs down. Like, maybe it'll just notice I watched eight minutes of it and gave up. But, like, you don't want it to get in that situation. I remember one time. A new version of Pet Sounds, I believe it was, by Beach Boys came out. And the reviews on Amazon were terrible. Um, for what's widely considered one of the greatest albums of all, of all time. time. Yeah, it's my because one of my favorite albums. 
Yeah, because everybody's mad. Oh, we've seen all this before. This is just another naked power grab. So anybody who came along wanting to say like, oh, should I check out that? Should I check out that album, Pet Sounds? Is going to see two stars. And it's like, well, or or how often have you seen people go and give one or two stars because of the experience of ordering it, right? And like having a bad experience with an Amazon Marketplace person. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I think it's really. This is something John Syracuse and I have talked about a lot, like the different facets of reviews and how you think about it. I don't know. It's probably way too much to talk about at an hour 19, but any thoughts on listener uh, other Dan and, and his uh, remarks? I mean, I think this is, again, this is one of those big mysteries that we have of, of exactly how Netflix or these other services make decisions of what to show you. But it also demonstrates that we have almost no, like... I, I'm always reminded of that one part of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and it was so long ago that I read it, but I, and I forget which character it was, but he was listening to the radio, and the radios were designed to allow you to change the radio station by moving your arm or waving your arm or something like that. And he had to sit in an incredibly awkward position and completely motionless with like his arm outstretched, leaning over halfway bent, because that was the only position that he could get in where the radio would keep it on the station that he want. And if he moved a muscle, it would change the radio station. I almost feel like that's the situation that we're in trying to kind of make these algorithms sort of kind of behave the way that we want to show us some of the stuff right. that we want. You know, it's like you were saying the other week where you're saying like, why isn't the thing that I just watched showing up in the... Right. continue watching or whatever like. Well, like show us as in like discoverability but also show us in terms of recallability yeah like you suggested this thing to me but now i can't even find stuff i'm in the process of right, watching right right let alone being able to figure out which like action movie with a guy with chiseled features i should be watching like right. well, how, how would i even find that again and then so like you know I, I think it would be useful to say a little bit more do you remember when netflix was first getting real baller in the days before streaming and they had the whole like bounty for coming up with the best system for dealing with ratings and stuff like that. And it used to be a little bit of a hobby to go in and rate your stuff on Netflix, right? Because it would continually so improve the DVDs that it recommended to you. Well, I don't doubt that they've done a lot to improve that, but it's it's in this case of like, should I be sitting there going like, I'm not sure whether to hit thumbs up or thumbs down? Because like, I'm not saying other people shouldn't watch this. I'm not saying tear this out of the system. I'm just saying it didn't work for me in the way that a lot of other stuff does. Like, is right. that hooked? Is that even hooked up to anything? Do you think? I mean, you know, when you hit when you hit thumbs up, yeah. <laughs> I run into this with my gig economy grocery delivery service, where I'll leave somebody a five star review. Like, if they do, I normally just skip the whole thing. Right. But if somebody really went out of their way and did a great job. Um, I, you know, obviously I tip them, but also then I say like, oh, five stars. And, you know, Jeremy was very attentive and was really smart about basic math to know that I wanted this thing instead of that thing. And good job, Jeremy. And I always, in Syracuse, and I talked about this, I always get this email that goes like, we do not monitor five star reviews. So blah, 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 blah. Oh. <laughs> what John thinks means stop writing things because no one's reading it. Right. In this case, if you hit thumbs up or thumbs down, like, what do you, what do you think that's affecting? Is that like when you see that percent match? Does that have any credibility for you? I'm, that's a leading question. I feel like I feel very little credibility when it says eighty-two percent match. Right of, like, against hmm, what? How did you come up with that? Eighty-two percent of what? And the stuff that I've <laughs> watched that have been like a ninety-something percent match. I'm like, eh, that's all right. Yeah, I know. Well, because there's so many. 
Oh, I'm and so forget forget about this this guy that wrote in. At least it's just him using it. What happens when you have uh, a spouse oh. and two kids who are oh, also my watching Apple stuff? Music. You talked about this with Spotify. My Apple Music for you recommendations in the last month are wrecked. They're so. <laughs> it's like cute teen boys and Descendants two and like all this stuff. Where I'm like, oh my god, I because I thought she had access to use of my account, but maybe she's logged in as me on her devices. But totally wrecked. I've heard people talk about this. Yeah, like the phenomenon of like somebody house sits for you and you come back. And you're like, wow, <laughs> they've been doing some interesting stuff while I'm gone. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's weird, but like. Do you do the profiles? We we pretty we definitely do the profiles. Oh yeah, on, my on kids Hulu. just don't use them. We have no, them. My daughter does. My daughter is very particular about like don't watch anything on my profile. Oh, I wish my kids were that way. They're just they just go to the first one, which is just it is. mine. Yeah, I and mean, I made like, I made a new one, and they yeah. started using that. See, this is this is why we can't have nice things. I know. Yeah, I don't know. And, you know, ordinarily, I would think that this is just mostly an interesting um, intellectual exercise to, to ponder what all this means, except that, as we discussed, QED, we talked about this last week, like, where is the there? Like, where do I go to find my stuff? Where are the things? Like, where do I find new, where do I find new Netflix shows? Where do I find things that I'm currently watching? Where do I find, you know, and you've got to sort through all these rows and all these crazy orders. And again, it's that casino effect. Like, where am I? Why am I here? What is happening? Mm-hmm. I think it does kind of affect your, I don't know, for me, it definitely affects my enjoyment of that. They don't even have a sense of like a, a, a single list you go to that's always there anymore. Right? I mean, it's just this scrolling carousel of pain. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Good night everybody. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Let's button this up. I love you. I love you too, Merlin man.